Hello, and welcome to the Get Transformed podcast of Transformation Christian Fellowship. We are so excited that you're tuning in, and we hope that you will be empowered and transformed by the Word of God. He lives early Sunday morning, early Sunday morning, as the new day was dawning. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went out to visit the tomb. Verse 2 says, suddenly there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone, and sat on it. He sat on it. Here we go. Let's go to the next one. His face shone like lightning and his clothes was as white as snow. The guards shook with fear when they saw him. They fell into a dead faint, a dead faint. Then the angel spoke to the woman. Don't be afraid, he said. I know you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. Verse 6 then says this. He isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Just as he said he, just as he said it would happen. Come see where his body was lying. I want to focus on verse six one more time. It says he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Just as he said would happen. I want to use for a subject entitled tonight, just like he said he would. Just like he said he would. Ladies and gentlemen, we are continuing our series entitled Revolutionary. Our series entitled Revolutionary. And in this series, we look at how Jesus' death and resurrection changed history forever. How in this moment, ladies and gentlemen, this time over 2,000 years ago, we are still talking about what he did 2,000 years ago. That shaped literally the whole world. The world has not been the same since Jesus got up. Ladies and gentlemen, the world still debates and still has conversations, ladies and gentlemen, over the fact this time of the year that this thing maybe, just maybe, might be real. Just maybe there, this Jesus guy, he just might be God. And so, ladies and gentlemen, the goal of this series as we've been walking through is that it would strengthen the conviction of our faith. And empower us to be bold witnesses of our faith. More than ever, when we hear about the resurrected Savior, something in us, uh, uh, there should be such a bold witness to testify about a living God. If others can be very bold about what's wrong, we can surely be bold about what's right. We can surely be bold about what's right. People can be very loud and wrong, but we can be very loud and right. We can be very loud and right. Ladies and gentlemen, what I'm trying to tell us this evening is is that Jesus is a revolutionary. Jesus, ladies and gentlemen, is not like, as as we talked about before, any other uh, revolutionary. He did not come in his first coming to overcome or overthrow, ladies and gentlemen, a political system. He did not come to do that. What made him a revolutionary is that he came to overthrow another system. A a system that had been set up because of one man's disobedience. Through Through the disobedience of the first Adam, ladies and gentlemen, sin had entered into the world. And Paul would tell us in Romans that through one man's obedience, life. And so he's not like any other 
revolutionary. Last week, ladies and gentlemen, we talked about that there is no more barriers, that Jesus revolutionized and changed things up, whereas though there was no longer a veil separating us from God. He revolutionized how we worship and he revolutionized the relationship between us and God. Not only between us and God, but between one another. He revolutionized uh, socially as well because he did not just die for Jews. He also died for the Gentiles. And so through one man's sacrifice, ladies and gentlemen, one died and he died for all. He didn't just die for one group. He died for us all. And that was the big difference, ladies and gentlemen. And so as we go in here, we look, let's look at, uh, again, what the meaning of revolutionary is. It means to overthrow a repudiation and uh, the thorough replacement of an established government or political system by the people governed. It also means a sudden, complete, or marked change in something. There was a change in something, ladies and gentlemen. When Jesus got up, that's what makes him even more revolutionary. It's because, ladies and gentlemen, the resurrection stands as uh, uh, the pentacle or the, the proof, ladies and gentlemen, that God was with Jesus. And not only that God was with Jesus, but Jesus is God. It proved his claim. It proved his claim. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to talk to you tonight just like he said he would because the resurrection stands as the cornerstone, ladies and gentlemen, of our Christian faith. If, in fact, that there was no resurrection, ladies and gentlemen, there his death would be in vain. The very death of Jesus would be in vain. His very blood that was spot, uh, that was uh, bled out, ladies and gentlemen, on the cross, ladies and gentlemen, would be in vain if it was not for the resurrection. Ladies and gentlemen, if it was not for the resurrection, we would be like any other worldview, ladies and gentlemen, that claims that they have another revelation from God. That claim that they're another person that came with a, uh, 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 that has a way to God. But ladies and gentlemen, in the resurrection validated the fact that Jesus didn't say he had a way he said he was the way hallelujah and so it validates ladies and gentlemen the very fact that whatever he said he backed it up hey guys my name is Elder Boomy and what I need you to do like right now is stop whatever you're doing and head on over to our YouTube channel Transformation Christian Fellowship TV Hit that subscribe button and also sign up for our notifications so you'll also see whenever we drop a new video. But feel free to go through our videos and see our sermons, our Bible study, and the check-in and other inspirational content. Again, go ahead and hit that subscribe button. And don't forget, transformation starts here. Matter of fact, the very earliest, ladies and gentlemen, as I begin to study, the various, uh, the very early place that we have where the resurrection is talked about is in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 by its date. Paul has the earliest account, and you may be saying the synoptic gospels, but they were written at different times. And so, ladies and gentlemen, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul would also back this up. And I'm going to get to Matthew 28 for a second, but I got to lay something for you for a little second. Uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, there were some people in the Corinthian church who were arguing the resurrection. What were they arguing about the resurrection? What they were arguing was not the fact that Christ rose, but the fact that we would rise. 
They did not necessarily believe that there would be a bodily resurrection of us. And then Paul begins to say, now, 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 if that's the case, ladies and gentlemen, he begins to tell them in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 16, verse 16 through 19 and he says and there it, and if there is no resurrection of the dead then Christ has not been raised and if Christ has not been raised then your faith is useless you are still guilty of your sins and verse 18 says in that case all who have died believing in Christ are lost he says, and if our hope in Christ is only for this life, we are more pitied than anyone in the world. And so what Paul is saying even to us about the resurrection, ladies and gentlemen, that let's say, for instance, there was no bodily resurrection. Let's say, for instance, that the resurrection of our bodies already happened. He's saying, listen, then we would be pitied out of everyone else. He's saying that our faith is utterly useless. There's nothing for our faith to even stand upon. And the reason why is because the resurrection serves as proof of God, of Jesus' claim hallelujah that Jesus claimed himself to be God Jesus claimed himself to be the son of God Jesus claimed to be oh my God in the beginning with God Jesus claimed that he was uh, who he was in the scriptures and so if he did not rise ladies and gentlemen then all of what we preach is in vain he says all of what the apostles testify about and witness about ladies and gentlemen is an utter lie and it's false but I thank God God, that we have a proof of it ladies and gentlemen that Jesus is alive and so here we find uh, ladies and gentlemen in here in our text in the book of Matthew Matthew ladies and gentlemen focuses on the fact that Jesus is king uh, that Jesus is king and so here we have is that each synoptic gospel ladies and gentlemen gives a different account of what happened on the day that Jesus got up and let me set the scene for you. What happened was Mary and the other Mary, ladies and gentlemen, I don't know. Uh, we know that Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were coming to the tomb. What we understand is on Good Friday, ladies and gentlemen, uh, about what happened is, is that they had to rush to get Jesus' body off of the cross because uh, the Sabbath was the next day. And so they had to hurry up and get his body. And Joseph of Aramaeus, hallelujah, loaned the tomb to Jesus. And there's something I like about that. He, there was a man who had a tomb and Jesus borrowed it just for a couple days uh, because he wasn't meant to stay there. Hallelujah. That tomb was not meant for him to be there. He was only there to borrow it for a couple days. And so what they did was they dressed him in Jewish, in Jewish custom and they, had, and, and they had different spices and different stuff for the body and so they had to bring him down from the cross and they put him in the grave and matter of fact ladies and gentlemen I want to also say this to you is that when they put him in the grave they put a big stone in front of it and they put guards uh, around it because even the Pharisees knew and they remembered that he said so just in case he get up we got guards or just in case they try to get the body we got guards protecting the tomb because he said he would get up in three days. And so, ladies and gentlemen, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary is coming. They're, they're coming to the tomb to see a dead body. 
They're coming to the tomb to pay tribute as we come to, you know, pay our respects, ladies and gentlemen, when we see a loved one or somebody who we know has gone on, uh, uh, has gone in transition from this earth and into eternity. Ladies and gentlemen, we come to pay our respect. And so they were coming to pay their respect to him. They were coming even with their own spices and their own uh, uh, tribute and contribution to it. You know how people come and they want to bring flowers and say, hey, I want to have my flower represented here. It's what they were trying to do with Jesus's body. They were coming to pay their respect and coming to the tomb. But then something happened as uh, something happened. Hallelujah. Before but uh, uh, happened, something happened before they got there, that before they got there, ladies and gentlemen, there was an angel that came. There was an angel that came. We don't know who this angel's name is. We just know that he was an angel sent from God. He was a messenger coming with a message. Hallelujah. Ah, he was a messenger coming with a message. And the reality was this, ladies and gentlemen, is that even in John's gospel, it tells us that the women were trying to wonder how in the world they were going to get through to the guards. And so we find out even in the book of Matthew how, oh my goodness, the angel came to solve their problem hallelujah and even while the guards were right there ladies and gentlemen what happened was when they saw the angel they trembled in terror they trembled in terror to such a point where the scripture gives us the idea that in that moment they had paralysis Hallelujah. Because they were, they were, oh my God, they were prepared to deal with the disciples or any person else that would try to come and bull, uh, bull rush them. But they were not prepared to deal, oh God, with the, oh my God, the angel sent from heaven. And so that paralyzed them. It would kind of paralyze me too if an angel just came there and enlightened. I'd be like, oh my God, what do I deserve to see this? <laughs> come on, somebody. I would be like, oh, God and you say you are from where <laughs> he said I saw they, they, they were paralyzed they were kind of trembling in fear they couldn't do nothing and the angel of the Lord was just resting while they were trembling oh my God I don't know about you but something about that started staring up to, standing up in me he said heaven is not worried about these little natural problems we got going on that God is not sitting there in stressed out fearful of of the obstacle uh, fearful of the circumstance uh, he didn't care about no guards being there what the angel did was just sit on top of the stone uh, while they trembled uh, and waited for the women to come <laughs> and so ladies and gentlemen he shows a sign of rest and so here we have it that the women, they come to the tomb and they see the angel sitting on top of the stone. They see him sitting on top of the stone. And he says, suddenly there was a great, excuse me, suddenly there was a great earthquake. Let me stop right here. Not only was there a, a, a shakening that happened at the, at, at, at the cross, but there was also a shakening that happened in the resurrection. Now, the angel of the Lord did not roll the stone away to let Jesus out because Matthew already tells us he was already risen. Ladies and gentlemen, the stone rolling away is not for Jesus to come out. It's for you to come see and get, oh, my God, your faith stirred up to see that there is no one there. And so the earth shaking, ladies and gentlemen, is a result to show that even the earth couldn't hold them. 
It couldn't hold him. It couldn't hinder him. And so we have it here, ladies and gentlemen, that the angel of the Lord is sitting upon the rock. And this is what he says to them. He says, for the angel of the Lord came down from heaven, rolled aside the stone and sat on it. And then the next verses we have here says that the guards, verse four, let's go there. They, the guards shook with fear when they saw him and they fell into a dead faint. Then verse five says this. Then the angel spoke to the woman. Don't be afraid. Listen. The angel said, listen, don't tremble in fear. Don't be, don't be afraid. Uh, don't be afraid. I know you are looking for Jesus. See, the angel came. He didn't care about the guards. He didn't even have a conversation with them. He had a conversation with the women. He said, listen, I know who you came here for. Hallelujah. I know you were coming to mourn. I know you were coming to see a dead body. I know you were coming to see and to grieve over what you thought. You had lost. I know you came to grieve over what you thought, what you, what you thought he was going to be our savior and do this and do that. But guess what? He not here. Hallelujah. You know, this resurrection season started bringing, started feeling different to me this year is because some people are mourning over a lot of things that was, may have seemed lost. And what was once promising, the pandemic pretty much kind of wiped you out and you thought you would never see the light of day. But I came to speak to somebody and say, don't you be afraid. Hallelujah. To speak what the angels say. I know you were looking and I know you want to continue to mourn. But listen here, I'm going to turn that mourning and your sorrow into joy. He tells them, listen, don't you don't 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 be afraid. He, he tells them, don't be afraid. Here. Here it is. Here it is. And he says, and this is what blessed me. He said he isn't here. He is risen from the dead. Just as he said what happened. Ladies and gentlemen, I had another message prepared from 1 Corinthians chapter 15. But something happened to me last night when I read this, and the Lord said, I want you to change it. And he said, I want you to change it, and I want you to do this. I want you to preach this verse. Verse 6, the angel said to them, he has risen just as he said what happened. The issue is with all of his disciples is they forgot the word. What happened was they forgot the prophecy that Jesus prophesied over his own resurrection and death. Oh, my God. For some of you, you have forgotten, ladies and gentlemen, what Jesus has already said over your life. What Jesus has already spoken over your life. And ladies and gentlemen, what an angel was trying to do for them is trying to cause them to remember, to recall, ladies and gentlemen, the word of God. He was calling them, ladies and gentlemen, he was telling them that Jesus had made and that apparently none of his followers had taken them as it was meant. Because if they'd taken it how Jesus said it, they wouldn't be mourning as hard. Let me tell you something. You wouldn't be mourning something that you already know the end result of. Jesus was trying to prepare their hearts, but they didn't really understand it. They didn't really have any understanding. Jesus was telling them what was going to happen. Hear me, ladies and gentlemen, the predictions were important and the angel draws their attention to them. They were not facing a situation in which Jesus had un undergone a totally unexpected fate. 
ladies and gentlemen, and they had experience, and, and it's not like he had experience with an unanticipated deliverance. He already knew he was getting up. He already knew that he would suffer many things. He knew that already. This did not catch God by surprise. Your situation has not caught God by surprise. What you are currently going through in your life is no shock to God. Because the result has already been predetermined. Oh my God, help me tonight. Your result has already been predetermined. It's already been thought out. God already had the plan there. And all you're doing, even in your setbacks, it still is a, oh my God, it still doesn't deviate God's plan for your life. It still doesn't deviate it. Ladies and gentlemen, Jesus had made bold claims about what would happen to him in John chapter 2, verse 18 and 22, with his exchange with the Pharisees and them, ladies and gentlemen, asking him for, uh, 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 and him, excuse me, his exchange with the Pharisees, he told them, destroy this temple, and in three days he will raise it up. He already started speaking boldly, ladies and gentlemen, in Matthew chapter 12, verse uh, 39 and 40, with, in his discussion with the religious leaders when they asked for a sign, ladies and gentlemen, Jesus told them that there will be a sign like Jonah. Hallelujah. It's that he already was already given him forewarning about what his resurrection would be like. He, 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 he likened it to Jonah, how Jonah was in the belly for three days. And then after the three days, God released him out of the belly. And how, how the grave would almost be like the well. How it was only there not to hold him permanently, but to hold him just for enough time so that the word of God would be accomplished as he said it would Jesus could have got up the next day but he gave it three hallelujah he gave it three days to stay true to the prophets oh my god that came in the old testament that already foretold about his death Hallelujah. And the issue is, is that they did not understand what he was saying. A lot of times when we feel all worried and when we feel so depressed is that we tend to lose what Jesus has already said and what he's already spoken. If he said that I'm blessed in the city and blessed in the field, it's going to happen as he said he would. If he said that that job opportunity is yours and know that they may be looking at other people it does not deviate from the fact that God said you were heavy if God said that you are oh my God gonna expand then it's gonna happen just as he said it would happen there is nothing that God says the Bible tells us in the book of Isaiah that his words does not return void and it did not return void even in this situation why because God was gonna accomplish what he said he would do come on and put in that chat section and say God is not a liar he will accomplish it he will accomplish it 
the angel of the Lord is saying, hey, Mary, hey, Mary Magdalene, and hey, Mary, you need to recall about what Jesus had said. Uh, sometimes when you feel uh, like the life has been sucked out of you, like the disciples feel, uh, they needed to remember the word of God. They needed to remember what Jesus said about it. Uh, he needed to remember what they said, that in three days, he would raise it up. The question that I have that I was pondering with is that even... There was slight faith even in the Pharisees that think he would rise in three days because if it wasn't, they wouldn't have put guards around it. Woo! Hallelujah. Sometimes our enemies have more faith in us than we have faith in God. And the reality is even them said, just maybe let me put some guards around because this man to this point has been right. So just in case we really didn't kill her, put guards around it so that they were held on us so nobody can make these false claims. Cause just maybe he might get up. Hallelujah, don't let your enemy have more faith than what you got. Hey, your faith ought to stand up. Oh, hallelujah. Ladies and gentlemen, and here's what he does. He invites them to say, come see <laughs> where they laid up. Hallelujah. Ah, hallelujah. If my if what my testimony is saying in my words don't help, let me tell you, in case the testimony of Jesus' words don't help, come see for yourself. Hey, the proof is right here. The clothes look like they ain't never been touched. They look like they were folded like somebody was once here. When I looked around, they saw it and saw that was nobody in there he said come see for yourself come see about it it's not that ladies and gentlemen the tomb was a tangible or infallible proof of his resurrection but it was there the servants oh well okay there might be something that just happened here there may be something that just calls from this tomb that there is nobody here so where is Jesus he must have been got up he must have came up with all powers in hand. There's something that happened and he did it as he said he would. Coming to a close, ladies and gentlemen. When I begin to look at this, and when it begin to hit me, it begin to have me take more hope in the resurrection season more than ever. And not only just for a season, but every day, ladies and gentlemen, because it proves to me again in our faith is that it's so concrete that God don't make empty promises. <laughs> Ooh, God don't make empty promises. His word doesn't return void; it does not return back to him. And so, listen here. What began to happen is, ladies and gentlemen, I want to show you is this is that the resurrection validates Jesus' identity as the divine son of God. That this right here, his resurrection, uh, this here, seeing that he did what he said he did, it validated the very fact of the matter is that he was the son of God. That you can't take anything away from him. That everything he said about him being the son of God. That everything that he said, Quan, about him saying uh, that if you've seen 
the Father, you've seen me. Hallelujah. And when he said, even at Lazarus' death, because let me tell you something, at that time, nobody saw a resurrection. There's a difference between a resuscitation and a resurrection. Lazarus was resuscitated and he died again, but Jesus was resurrected in a glorified body, not in spirit form, but in a glorified body. Jesus is a man and God and the only one in heaven with his full glorified body. God help me in here and that gives me promise that guess what when I die ladies and gentlemen and those who die in Christ that no longer will I just have a spirit for but there's a new glorified body that's gonna come in tune with my spirit and I will also have a bodily resurrection I know this don't excite you. I know, I know it don't excite you, but it excites me because I know when I die from here, it ain't the end of my story. You live life down here the way you live it because you think that this is all life has to offer. But let me tell you something, the good news about resurrection is that there's more to this life than just this life that you have here. As I heard Solomon the preacher say in the book of Ecclesiastes, he said life is but a vapor and the reality is your life here is about a moment just as the wind is but life in eternity is long life and where you will spend it depends on if you believe in this truth Here's what Paul says in Romans chapter 1 verse 4 and he says it this way he says I'm coming he says and he was shown to be the son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit he is Jesus Christ our Lord and let me tell you something Christ is not Jesus last name but is a title meaning that he's the anointed one that he is the Messiah I said he was anointed to die he was anointed to die and she oh my God and not only did oh my God not only did he say that he would raise up he just said I even raised my own self hallelujah that proves again that he is uh, that he's the son of God, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it proved, ladies and gentlemen, when he said, come and see it for yourself, it proved that it that his identity as the son of God. As I continue to move, because I'm not trying to be in here long, This number two, the resurrection validates our faith and reassures us of our hope. Ladies and gentlemen, let me tell you this. I'm so glad that I accepted this worldview of Christianity. I'm so accept I'm glad that I accepted it because guess what when I look at all the other religions and no offense to you but they're all empty. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't see anything about it that gives any type of credence or proof that you you have a god. I don't see it there because the reality is when I go down the list in Hinduism and when I look at Islam and when I look at Buddhists and when I look at all these other religions, what do their God has to offer? I don't see it. I don't see what they've offered to you. I don't see if they ever offered you eternal life. If you think that you're going to die and get 12 virgins, I never saw that. If you're living for that, you're going to be expecting something that you're never going to get. But when you look at Christianity, there's a God that 
prove something. I didn't see what Allah proved. I saw that he proved this, that he died. I don't see that he died and resurrected. When I looked at every other religion, I don't see how beads and praying seven times a day to an empty God can do something for you. But there is a God that I know that says that his ears are inclined to his children's ear. And his name is Jesus. When I look at all the other worldviews, I don't see how I can look to the universe because the universe can't do nothing for me because the universe needed a creator. I don't see how I can do that But when I look at Jesus I see a man And God That is in trust with my infirmities I see a man That came from Galilee I see a man That wasn't touched That went through pain That went through suffering And still got victory The truth of the matter is, when I gave my life to Christ at the age of eight years old, I remember it like it was yesterday. It was in August of 2001 at a sunrise service. Hey, and there was something different about that Sunday because the power of God showed up and Bishop Johnson gave the invitation earlier that day. And I heard God and he said, if you give my life to you, give my life to me. I'm going to tell you now, I'll take your places and do things in your life you'll never imagine. I'll give you purpose. I'll give you identity. I'll give you something to live for. I'll give you a reason to live. Hallelujah. You may ask yourself, Pastor Brandon, why do you preach so hard every Sunday? Because I got a word from God. You better remember where you were and remain called back to your mind. Here we go. First Peter chapter one, verse three. First Peter chapter one, verse three. I'm giving up on this thing. This the screen is at the funny tonight. He said, all praised to God, the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. It is by his great mercy that we have been born again because God raised Jesus Christ from the dead. Now we live with great expectation. Let me tell you something. We live with a great hope. We live with a great expectation. Christians should live with the greatest expectation. Let me tell you something. You shouldn't be, you couldn't be saved and living without expectation because you feel like you're going to get your hopes up. God don't get anybody's hopes up. The reason why sometimes your hopes get caught up is because it's in your own self and not in the will of God. That's why your hopes get thrown off. But if your hope is rooted in God, let me tell you something. You should be living with great expectation because every day that you get a chance to live every day that God allows you to walk out the destiny that he has for you in your life not only that but your expectation to see God ladies and gentlemen not only does it control us of our faith and validates our faith because now that we talk about a, a risen savior, a risen God, ladies and gentlemen, and that validates our belief. But not only that, like I said, there was another church, the church of Thessalonica. 
they were going through many persecuted times. And they were wondering about this whole resurrection thing. And let me tell you something Paul had to tell the young church at Thessalonica. He told them, listen here, there will be a resurrection. He, yes, it will. He said, I, that, and that's where we get the scripture. I heard Michael the archangel that those ladies and gentlemen who were dead in Christ, they will first rise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, that we shall not all sleep, ladies and gentlemen, but I tell you, we shall be caught up. We shall be changed in a twinkling of an eye. And that's what he was in. God, I know you don't get excited about this because you feel like you feel like this is what all I got to gain. But the reality as a matter is there is an expectation for the future. God and let me give you this one and I'm getting out of here and this is what excited me about this whole message that God gave me he said listen here I want you to end it on this he says the resurrection ensures us that God will finish what he started I don't know who needs to hear that tonight but I'm telling you the truth as well as I know my name the resurrection proves as a sign Erica that God will finish what he started that God don't set out to do nothing and don't finish it that God don't start out doing something the Bible tells us that he that begun a good work in me shall complete it until the day of Christ. That this work of grace, ladies and gentlemen, that God has me in is that he's going to complete it until the day of Christ. There is nothing that God starts that he don't finish. Just as he said he would, ladies and gentlemen. He, if he said he was going to die and he rose again, he did exactly what he said he was going to do. And whatever they thought that they were going to, that they thought they were doing, they were only playing into the hand of God. Hallelujah. Oh my goodness, the reality of this uh, is when Pilate uh, got up there and told Jesus, man, why don't you answer me? You, you know I got the power to save you. Uh, and Jesus looked at him dead in the eye and told him, uh, Listen, the only power you have is what has been given to you from on high. To remind him, you don't got power. This is what I've been controlling from day one. Because I set out to do this. Oh, my God. I don't know who needs to hear this tonight. But somebody needs to know that God is a finisher. Hallelujah. That's why we do it this way. He said for the joy that was set before him. He endured the cross despising the shame and that's why in some of the titles that he is the author and the finisher of our faith that guess what even in your story right now you may seem like you're going through a lot of hell it may seem like you've been experiencing a good Friday and oh my god but I'm telling you now that there's a Sunday that's here that was a proof that God is not like man that he shall lie Neither is he the son of man that he shall repent. But God is a promise keeper. That God is a covenant keeper. And he revolutionized the whole world. Because the world is even pausing to say, wait a minute. Let's take and see what this man has done. And let's try to put it and mix it with everything else. But you can't mix it. Because it stands apart. Because we have a God that stands in a class by himself. A God that finishes Ooh. 
my God in here. Uh, look at somebody say, I serve a God that finishes. I serve a God that finishes. And guess what? Ain't nothing going to happen to me before God finishes his work. I don't know who need to hear that tonight. I decree and declare you won't experience no premature death. Because guess what? God will finish what he set out for your life. Oh, my God. And he said, come see. Come. Come see. Come see. Come come look around and and see 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 look for yourself he not here hallelujah and when you feel yourself and your spirit getting lower let, my god go back to where the, your faith is rooted in it's rooted that the tomb has been empty and the grave has been denied that's what it shows right there when your faith feeling low and depleted you better be reminded of what jesus did and say no 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 he's a finisher oh no he's a finisher you seeing that project may be stalled right now but guess what god gonna help you finish it just like he said he would just like he said he would he will he made a promise and he will keep his promise come on stand to your feet and give god praise and praise him for he's a finisher praise him that he's a finisher praise him that he started it and he completed it and there's nothing that he's promised you over your life that will go without being done that not only you but your children's children will experience it and that their children children will experience it there's a generational blessing for those who believe oh my goodness come on and shout hallelujah Thanks for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. We hope that you subscribe so that you can continue to be empowered by the latest podcast. For more information on Transformation Christian Fellowship, visit our website at transformationchristianfellowship.org or download our free mobile app on the App Store or Google Play Store. If you would like to support this ministry, simply text TCF1 to 77977. We thank you for your generosity and for listening to the Get Transformed podcast. And remember, transformation starts here.